Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games Daily, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skifstad. Hey everyone, it's Firestone here with Board Games Daily, powered by TheologyofGames.com, coming to you with, yeah, we understand, a totally late episode this week. We only have one. It's kind of been a crazy week. Jeremiah's got a show, and AJ is wrapping up school, and my wife was out of town for a few days, so we just dropped some stuff, and you know, when real life happens, these are the sort of things that have to fall through the cracks. But we do have a show today, and we will be back in the saddle on Monday. I hope you have a great weekend of gaming, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Here's the show. Bye. Hey there, everybody. AJ here with Board Games Daily, bringing you some gaming news. We're going to be talking about a, uh, a company that kind of has a huge mark in the industry, um, has been around for quite some time, and has a lot of great games. When you think of when you think of gaming and game makers, you think of Fantasy Flight, you think of Days of Wonder, obviously the big one, Asmodee, which a bunch of these fall under. And you also think of AEG. AEG's been around for a while, and they've been doing a lot of good things for the hobby. And uh, recently it's been announced that their CEO, John Zinzer, is going to be stepping down from CEO and taking a role in the development process of game of the game. So he's still working with AEG, but instead of dealing with the business side of things, he's going to be dealing more with uh, the development side of things. One of the things he stated is that he would like for AEG to not put out as many games as they've been putting out in the past. In fact, they want to do less so that they can focus more on making really good games and uh, making sure that maybe... He, he said maybe, maybe the golden number yearly could even be one game, which I think is a little bit drastic. I doubt that they'll go that route. But the idea is that they focus on games that they want to make really, really well. And uh, hence the reason they've gone to Kickstarter to do some games as well is to get some backing and support so that they can go through and play test these things and make sure that they get the best components possible. Um, and in any case... We've seen over the past couple years, AEG has released some really, really solid games. Thunderstone Quest being one of those, we know coming soon is going to be Edge of Darkness. And they've actually let a lot of their really crummy things go. They used to have this whole series that was supposed to explode and never really did uh, in the Tempest universe. And the only game that kind of lasted in that universe was Love Letter. And there were probably four or five other games that were, were part of that. And Love Letter's not even, they don't even hold on to that anymore. They've, they've given that over to uh, Z-Man, I think, picked up the rights to that. So, and there have been games in the past, for instance, the original installment of Guildhall, which was just not that great. And they had to go back and re-release it, and now it's done well. Uh, the way that they've re-released it, repackaged it with a new theme and um, <clears throat> many different editions of it, at least three. And let's see, like I remember 2008 or 9, I picked up a game called Infinite City, which I still really enjoy, but it just didn't have legs to stand on. So they know what they're doing. They know that they've released a lot of games that have just disappeared over time because they've not been able to sustain them in the production of them. And so I personally like what's happening here. I like the fact that they're going to invest more time 
into these games. They actually have a location in Southern California where they play test games. They'll spend weeks at a time in this, uh, like, cabin or resort where they'll just play test games and make sure that they're quality, revamp the rules, revamp components, and things like that. And so I love this idea. I've seen too many games go across my table that I don't even know what they are. You could say, did you play such and such a game? And I'd probably say, no, I've never heard of it. But the truth of the matter is, is it probably hit my table. It just sucked. And I'm not saying that that's AEG's games, uh, perhaps some of them, but there have been other games and other companies that they just keep producing and producing and producing. And it's like, come on guys, we just want a good game. Quit giving me a bunch of stuff uh, that's not even wetting my appetite. It's just, ah, crap. So give me something good. Now, uh, there are other ends of the spectrum here, and perhaps uh, Firestone will talk about those a little later, what it could mean to do less games and and the the bad ramifications that could have on your company. But for me, I'm kind of I'm kind of interested in seeing what a really uh, a really good few games developed look like. That was totally did not make sense that sentence. I just want to see a lot of good, or I want to see good games. Uh, fewer of them that are done really well. Hopefully that made a little bit more sense. Uh, anyways, that's where I'm at on this AEG things. I'd like to see maybe some other companies do this, especially if it works out in their favor. Uh, so that's it for now. That's some board gaming news. What are your thoughts? Check you later. This one is fresh off the game table. It's time for more board game buzz as Board Games Daily gives you a first impression of the latest games to hit our tables. Hey there everybody, AJ here talking about the game night recap from the other night. So the goal was to play some lighter games that we know well so we could get more to the table and just not uh, waste our time with a two hour, two and a half hour game. We do that quite frequently, so we wanted to play some lighter games. So we played an older game that I enjoy by Space Cowboys called uh, Black Fleet, which I think is underrated. It's this piracy merchant type game where you're, it's pickup and delivery basically, but you're going around beating up people's ships, a little bit of take that. And uh, it's, I think it's a really, really cool game. I love it. And the take that is not that heavy that you get too mad because you just come right back and play some more. We played some Kingdom uh, Kingdom Builder, which is my all-time favorite game. We played some Dominion Seaside, which I love Dominion. It's not my favorite deck builder anymore, but I still think it's fantastic. We played Welcome To, which is a newer game. And the one that I want to talk about is Quacks of Quenlidburg. And you say, well, AJ, you just listed a bunch of games to brag. And, well, the truth of the matter is, Yes, I did, because I love games just like you do, and so I was excited that we played so many last night, so I wanted to share it with you guys, but I really wanted to talk about Quacks of Quedlinburg, which is up for Kenner, uh, Kennerspiel this year, last year, and um, I don't remember if it won or not. I'd have to double check on that. But essentially, you're potion makers in Quedlinburg, and you have a pot that is spiraling outwards. So from the center of your pot spiraling outwards, you have numbers uh, going from like 1 to 35. And what you're going to be doing is basically essentially building a bag. So it's a bag building game 
where you have potions of different types. Now, you have cherry bombs in there, and essentially what you want to do is you want to draw potions to get you further out on that spiral, which is going to give you victory points, and it's going to give you crystals, and uh, you can get bonuses for being the leader at the end of a round for being the furthest out. But if you draw more than seven cherry bombs, just like in Mystic Veil, you bust when you draw three blight in Mystic Veil. It's seven cherry bombs here. When you go over seven cherry bombs, you bust, and you don't get as many rewards at the end of the round. You have to pick and choose between two different rewards, uh, either victory points or buying a new potion for your bag, which stinks. If you don't bust, uh, you get to do both. You get to buy... Uh, you get to buy uh, new potions based upon the currency you have, which is indicated by how far you got out on your spiral. And you get to take the victory points, which is also indicated by how far you got out on your spiral. Now, there's a lot of cool things that happen at the end of rounds. Certain potions have different abilities. You're going to have different color potions that you want to buy to put in your bag with different strengths and uh, different values of how far they're going to let you go out on your spiral. For instance, if you pull out a four green potion, it's going to let you move four away from the last place that you placed a token. So you get to skip over several spaces and get further out on your spiral. That's the goal of your game. Higher potions with, with great abilities. Each potion has its own ability, which is going to help you mitigate cherry bombs, uh, put things back into your bag, spend more money. Uh, it's, it was really, really solid. And one of my favorite parts about this game was, uh, the color scheme and the, I guess the components were, were, they're all, they're all right. They're very nice. Um, I love the big, the big potion pots that you had. Uh, those looked really cool and the spiral looked great. And the potions themselves were these good little chits that you put on them around the board. And the colors were bright and vivid. And it gave, it reminded me of the original Kingsburg. It was just kind of cartoony, but it was bright. It was medieval. Uh, I liked it a lot. You play over seven rounds. Different things happen at the end of each round. There's these event cards that you draw at the beginning of a phase that everyone plays by. It's it's a really solid game. Oh, and the potions, the different color potions, I think there's five or six color potions. There's three different mechanisms for each potion. So you have these little books or scrolls that tell you what each potion does. And you can play with different sets. You can turn those books over and that color potion is going to do something else. Then there's another book for that potion as well. That's good. Oh, so variety. Oh my gosh, this game was really, really good. I can see why it was up for uh, Kenner Spiel. Very thinky. Uh, it is luck-based, a lot of luck, but I mean, it's the push your luck. You don't want to bust and draw those cherry bombs. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. It's made by North Star Games, who does my favorite party game of all time, which is Wits and Wagers. They also do Evolution. They've got a Kickstarter on uh for Evolution right now, Evolution Ocean. So they're just, they're doing well right now. They've got their other party game, Happy Salmon. They got a lot of stuff going for them right now. So that's North Star Games. That's Quacks of Quedlinburg. I absolutely loved it. Make sure you check it out and check you later. Thanks for joining us today. Board Games Daily is powered by TheologyofGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyofGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table.